Hi, hello, hey. This is Rose. This is Tia. And welcome to our podcast, you guys. So um, this week is going to be a little bit sensitive. And I'm going to try to keep my emotions in check talking about this because it kind of hits home for a lot of people. And I know it evokes a lot of emotion. So um, lately in the news, we've been hearing about this baby, Malia, that potentially is missing. But um, according to law enforcement, they fear that the child has been deceased due to recent evidence that they have uncovered. So Rose haven't really been following the story. Um, I kind of was following it. Um, I kind of got to the point where I'm tired of hearing about the lady because, you know, I'm not necessarily the lady, the story itself, because I want, I want justice for the young lady, but the story is a, a tad bit too emotional to keep on getting tied up in the details of what this child may have endured in her last minutes, hours of life or whatever. So just to give some background, um, the mother of this child, Malia, went out of town to care for ailing, uh, a ill father. Um, she left her her child, which her daughter, with her her kid's father, which is her youngest. I guess it's a little boy, youngest son, father. So the the little girl is not his, but she left her and the son in his care while she went to go take care of her father. So on the way to going to pick her up from the airport, according to the the child's father, because I don't know his name. So I'll keep referring to him as Charles, the the uh, stepfather or whoever he is to the to her. But um, he he's on his way to go pick up the mother from the airport, and according to him, a group of Latino males driving a pickup truck abducted them. Now he kind of went into detail about. You know, he he got a flat tire. He gets out of his car to go check the flat tire. This car, this pickup truck pulls up and makes an inappropriate comment about Malia, but then drives off. So then when he says the car, I don't, now that part I'm kind of confused on. I don't really remember whether or not the car came back and then hit him upside his head. However that happened, he wound up getting hit upside his head. When he came to, he was in the back of a car with him, Malia, and his son. And then he said they knocked him out again. And then when he woke up, he was on the side of a road. And it was just him and his son. No Malia. So he wound up getting help to a nearby hospital. And that's when he told the story to law enforcement that the little girl was kidnapped. So it broke news. Everybody was sharing it on Facebook, Instagram, all the social media outlets because, you know, people wanted, you know, they were looking for it. And then when the mom came on, you know, she, she too was kind of like, you know, had this flyer about the girl being missing and everybody was sharing it because they wanted to, you know, basically help them find the little girl, yeah, right? Do what we, social media do, try to jump in. They try to jump in, right? We want to help. We're going to share, we're going to share, share, share. Um, sadly, like maybe like a week or so into the case the stepfather made some comments um that i guess kind of contradicted his original story so he became a person of in in interest so at that point that's where the story kind of started getting sticky 
because then a video comes out with him walking inside of an apartment complex with the young girl Malia but then after that you don't see him with her and then the last the next time you see him come out the, the apartment complex he's carrying a basket that has garbage a garbage bag I am not laughing at the story we're taping outside of Somebody just walked past the car and was a little funny. <laughs> but um, he he walks out the apartment complex with a garbage bag inside of a... Some kind of bucket. Like it was like bag. a laundry basket. So then at that point, that's when mom come out with this minister. I forget his name, but he usually be arguing on Fox News a lot. So he winds, she winds up having this, you know press conference and in that press conference she says that he was abusive to Malia and possibly was molesting Malia because he used to go pick her up from daycare early without her knowledge and bring her home so she said that he was molesting and abusing her and she was confused as to why he was doing laundry because they had did laundry before she left to go and care for her father so now a lot of stuff's been coming out right after that after after that press conference after those videos were were leaked out to the press then they start saying that they had evidence of deco decomposition in the um in the bathroom i guess one of the bathrooms in the house they had it was blood in the um apartment and the dna matched the toothbrush that was the young girls that was in the bathroom but then they also, um, when they located his car, they found uh, two. I mean, they found signs of decomposition in the car. That's where the the cadaver dogs found. You know, they picked up on the scent of uh, deco decomposition or whatever. So now we fear that the little girl is, is dead. A lot of stories have been coming out in in this case. You know. From them saying that he dismembered her, chopped her up in pieces. They were saying that he said that himself. Right. Now, he, I never... He, he dismembered... That he dismembered that, that's her? That's how he... Um, oh, I can't think of the word. What is the word? Confessed. In his confession, he okay. said that he dismembered So, he actually confessed to this? Yes. Okay, so... Okay, so maybe that's where and I so, kind of been lagging yeah, in the so story. When, uh, as Tia said in the beginning um, of her giving a synopsis of what has been going on, I didn't really watch in the beginning, but I recently watched when she did this press conference with some uh, civil rights leader or activist yeah, in some, her, some in her, I guess in her neighborhood or the city she lives in. And he, she did detail kind of through the guy. She didn't really get up and talk. They stood on a podium, but he did most of the talking. And so he talked about her um, confessing to him that she believes that the child like Tia said, had been sexually molested, had been assaulted. Um, but then even in them finding out those things from the mom, they also had to tell truths about the mom's story as well. Because remember I was telling you that they found out that the dad that she wouldn't take care of wasn't was even passed away. Yeah, had already passed so away. So, okay. and then even... I'm not. Then even... In the process of leaving uh, Malia and the other child that she has with the man, when she left, it was because of accusations that she said that this man was homosexual. Mm -hmm. 
He had been I texting. Yeah, he had been texting with some other man. She had found out. And they were engaged. They were engaged. Right. And so she was trying to call off the engagement and leave, accusing this man of being homosexual. They were violent to each other. And in order for her, she said, to get away, she thought, even with all these things that she's now confessing that he may have done or did to Malia, she still thought leaving her with him to go take care of a false person. So not knowing what she went to go do, her knowing what he was capable of, it leaves you in the middle of who the hell? Who the hell is was taking care of the child? Who cared? Nobody, obviously. But it's like who who cared about this child the most? And I mean, and that's and I'm saying that because that's why you feel so emotional about it. Because yeah, as the, parents, it's like man, and as a teen parent. Having raised a child from a teen when you don't really got no help, no guidance, and yet you had to figure it out, it's like there's, you want to say there's no way in hell. I can say, you can right. say, because right. our, we've raised our kids into damn near adulthood. We can say there's no way in hell, because we'd have been through some hells, right. that you Many would hells. leave your child in that situation. And since the mom hasn't cleared up, why you use the deceased relative to say that you were going to leave this child, knowing all of these things. It's like soon as that stuff came out that he told the police that he had dismembered this child, that that's what he was carrying in the bucket, because there's a surveillance video that caught that. Right. It's like, now that all of that has happened, now the pointing fingers come out. Because at first it was together, we trying to find her. Now, right. Now he's right. guilty. Right. She's guilty. So... So she so she admits that she lied about going to care of her father. No. She didn't admit that. Those details came out after she did the violence. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Cause I wanna know if that's the case, because she did definitely lie about going to care for her father. Because if I'm not mistaken, I could be, so don't quote me. But I wanna say her father passed away either on April tenth or April eleventh. Something like that. It was in the early part of the April. Yeah. So I want to tell maybe some did, years before, but I'll double did check. Did she, did she tell a story to him too? Because then that tells a lot. Because if she told him that story, then I could see him saying that he was going to pick her up from the from the airport from taking care of her father. But then if that if that wasn't really the case, then he would you was in on the alibi, you know, and and I think that's kind of where my my frustration lies is because everybody failed this child everybody failed this child this is a kid who had previously been taken out of the care of her mother due to traumatic head injury like the young lady had to have surgery on her brain due to the the injuries that she sustained in the home with her her mother and stepfather or whoever this this man was to her and she just recently been placed back in their care she just came back in february and we in may yeah like she didn't even last three months with you guys and that's the that's the to think about what that young baby because this is not even a young lady this is a baby it's a baby 
to think about what that baby had to endure leading up to that like was her death quick you know like you dismembered her so you cut her up and then from from some of the stories i was hearing he even tried to put her in the in the in the garbage disposal so it's like at the end of the day are we really vetting these people that we sleep with are we really you know are we really so gung-ho on having someone because even if even if you believe her story right that she was abused in a situation she was trying to get out of it and she left her kid you have to be one lonely person to have to who, who will allow them to, themselves to endure something like that at the hands of their child yeah which brings you back into the precious mind state right you, you know back if you ever watched the movie precious that's kind of was the same thing you know mom let dad do whatever he wanted to do yeah. with the with the child because she wanted him in her life and she did that at the at the risk and at the expense of her child forcing her to have babies right yeah yeah so it's like so when you look at this and this is something that happens a lot this is not something that is foreign the only thing that is foreign is the sick and sadistic way that this young lady lost her life yeah. right but how often do you hear about kids losing their lives Honestly, well, at the hands of their mother's boyfriends and or even the mama's doing stuff for the boyfriend right trying to get rid of kids just so they can be with the man right or stuff like that so it's like and i don't want to and i don't want to put all the onus on her even though i feel like she is that child's sole protector like you you when you gave birth to her you became her protector and you supposed to put her on in the safest environment possible but then you have to think about it too where was her father at no, for sure. You know, like, because... I say, well, the way he gets he's, he's out gonna, of the story, he didn't bend when he didn't bend through his talent. Yeah. Right. And nobody checks on that. That ain't... Nobody checks on yeah, that. Yeah, nobody checks that that information. But we look at the pictures of when the young lady was in... Well, I keep calling her young lady. She's not a young lady. When the baby was in the hospital from the, the brain injury, you know, and they got pictures of her and her father in, that, in those pictures. And everybody is like, oh, you know, her father. Da, da, da. But it's like, but where was he at? Yeah. Where was he at? And for the mother, for you to, for her to take that risk, like you wanted to get out the situation because you felt like it was a, a hostile environment for you and you thought that was the safest option. Why wasn't her father an option? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a no brainer, but it, it's sad that that's still where you left at. If right. they ain't an option, they really ain't an option. Like they're if they are not helping and assisting with a child on a regular basis for the most part, hell, she probably felt like the baby was more and I and, and Lord, I even had these words come out of my mouth because I don't know what right. possessed and her we're, to lead And we're child. not and we're not passing judgment on anyone. No, this is only our point of view. But I'm just saying that whatever is going on, whatever went on with her and the dad if he ain't been around, and that's what I'm saying, the saddest case of me saying this, she probably felt it was more trustworthy to leave this baby 
with this man who caused this baby harm, but at least was there every day, then leaving her with the man who helped her create her, but she don't see him at all. And that, and, and and that right there that is, is sad, a level of, that's, yes, that's a sad, <laughs> horrible, disgusting truth. Yeah. Because even if that is, you know, like me personally, I guess just coming from a mother's point of view, I couldn't leave my kid in a situation like that. You know, even if you feel like, even if you felt like it was detrimental that you got away, I would rather my, I would have rather my kid die in my possession. If that, what that meant, like if that meant me taking my kid with me was going to cause some type of harm and you was going to kill us, then I would have happily laid down beside my motherfucking kid. I mean, not to be cursing in there and all that good stuff but for you to sit there and say this is a better option than being with me yeah you know that's it's a it's a it's some sad truth and it's some deep dark untold truth that has not came out you know and i wish this baby get all the justice i really want people in that child's life to know that they failed her they failed her you had to see signs it's not even just in her life. It's the system. The system, it's, definitely. It's like anybody who was connected. But you know what's what's sad about the system is that, and I'm just going to jump. I think you're going to say what I was, yeah. uh, I'm thinking about. Just because we at the system, like this is just representation of the system. So there's another young baby who in the same time frame, um, the father had her on his custody time. And I don't know the details of, what was changing, what was being altered, what was being taken away. But whatever it was, it jolted this man to believe that locking this child in the car, setting the car and the child on fire so that the child could not get out, killing the child, not himself, but killing the child in some satanic way of controlling the mom and showing her or controlling the court and showing them that they can't tell him what, what to do with his do? child and what he ain't going to do, what he is going to do. But the child loses his life. He's walking around burned up, but alive. Right. And the system who even allowed this child to be left with him, like, are y'all not, when you start breaking these families up. Yeah. I, I, I can just say personally, because, uh, when I went through divorce and having to create visitation for my own kids, it, it was difficult. It was difficult. Now, I didn't deal with nothing on this level, very minor, small right. disagreements. But even at the end of the day, it took a lot of work between me having to allow my kids to go be with their other parent, who was actually the, the man I met for years and had been with for years and years and years, and then even to the divorce. So I've, I had known this man over half of my life at this point. Like I've known him longer than I've known myself. <laughs> right. right. And we found me yeah. at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, <laughs> and even in that aspect, because Tia posed a question prior to us getting started. What are, as, as women sometimes, how much are we vetting these men? And I use myself as an example because... Like I said, I've known this man since I was 14. Here I am, 37. So I've known him over half of my life. And 
it still ended up with questionable moments of him taking care of our children that we created together. We lived together. We were married for seven years, together for 14. And we still had questionable moments when I had to relinquish custody to him unsupervised by me. And tell you the truth, before even going to court, I didn't supervise his visits. Right. But if the, I felt like when court got involved, it yeah, up the ante of behaviors mm -hmm. that because you become in a like it's a challenge. Yeah. Oh, are you saying mine, I don't mine, do this? Man, I'm gonna do this, and it made it made my attention of, of looking at what's going on with the kids, me being more aware because I felt like because we were in the challenge of the courts that now. Whatever cards we had on the table, everybody got their cards turned over now. Right. You can't, you can't see, see what I'm doing. You can't see my hand. I, you you saying you saying you don't trust me with the kids. And so now I got the court is in the middle. Now, yeah. now I'm doing something extra, something weird yeah. that's making you question what I'm doing. When before yeah. it wasn't like that. So with this dad, whatever switch change that made him do that, it's like as the court system, when you are altering the ability for parents yeah. to see their kids, you need to you get them some counseling. Yeah. You got you to gotta check their mental status. But the thing is, and sometimes that is enough to make people snap, for right? Sure. That's what I'm saying. And unfortunately, it took out an innocent child. Multiple. And can you imagine you how that... We're talking about can, two. Can you... Can, right. And can you imagine that child... Screaming for her father as he running away from the car as it's burning and she can't get out. Like, that's some extreme hate. And I've, you know, and the, and the crazy thing about that is that I've seen this on TV shows before. You know, like they tell you, like, these cop shows are, like, snatched from the headlines. This stuff is not new. This stuff no. happens all the time. And just to kind of piggyback on what you're saying about, you know, like women vetting men, I think it need to go both ways. Because I don't want men to feel like, oh, you know, they, they bashing men because it ain't no, just about no, vetting no. men because you need to vet some of these women because some of these women are very spiteful and, they, and they're very much so capable of doing the same thing. Just the same as that. I don't know if you remember when the lady um took her kids, put them in the car and drove it over. um. How about the kid, the the the, the mother? The I want to say, was it a lesbian couple? Well, it that's was the one that drove all the kids. That one. Yeah, How about the whole, the one with the the Golden Gate Bridge when they jumped? She took her kid and jumped off the bridge. So it's like we have to be mindful of some of the things that we're doing, people that we're we're laying down with and making kids with, and be active in your child's life. Because that's the only way you're going to be able to see some of them telltale signs. Yeah, I know like, it's hard, though. Yeah, it's, but people have to stop. Because I know even in my own situation, like I said, having been through that, and thank God, you know, we're on a whole nother page. But it's, it's good to share because some people don't believe that even though you get it together at some point right. that it didn't happen. No, it happens. But even, even being with somebody who you want to believe is all capable, right? That question still come up. So it's like being active in your child's life, despite what's going on with the money situation, what's going on with them. the other parent situation. Just being present, however that can be. Present is so much more than a present with yeah. a T. Yes. Showing up is so. I tell people all the time, all even the time with my dad. I'm just gonna real quick just riff on my own. This is my own real personal life. I've had men ask me. 
because me and my dad are really close. My dad and my mom didn't work out when I was about eight. They, they, they weren't going to work out. And I thank God every day that they didn't try to stay together. Right. Because I knew it, it wasn't a work. good situation. <laughs> right. So because me and my dad have such a really good um, relationship now, there's definitely in my personal life has been a gap of me trying to now reconcile that fatherless uh, childhood. But at the same time, what my dad always did do when he wasn't attached to his mess away from me, he always came around. Even when my mom did not even want him or allow him, mm -hmm. he made arrangements with my grandma so that my grandma would pick me up so then he can get me. He had dropped me back up to my grandma. They had lied and say I was with my grandma. Like he made moves to show I'm here. Right. I'm here. And if I can only be present in this window, then damn it, I'm in this window. Right. And I'm going to fill this window up with me because that's all I got. But I'm going to fill it up. Right. So, yeah. Just you present, gotta be there. presence is you a big You just got to be there. And the thing is, I know a lot of times people be like, man, you know, I'm not about to go through all that. What hurt? I'm going to wait till they 18. I'm going to wait till they grow. But the thing <laughs> is, that becomes too late. And I can attest to that for my own <laughs> self. You know, like, even raising my own child, you know, her father wasn't there a lot when she was younger. And it got to the point where he kind of was distant, and I felt like he came back in the picture too late. And now, you know, you may think, like, now it's like, okay, and now I'm going to try to come around. But now this person, now this kid don't want to see you. You know, and, and, and then it's like she wants to see you, but is afraid that yeah. you're going it, to walk back out. It's you got to rebuild a, a whole foundation. You got to start, you got to start from yeah. the bottom. It, you can't just walk in and then, Hey, no, it's and not try to like pick that. Up. No, it's not. No. It's not. And you can't and, be occasional with it. Yeah, and you saying, can't come around just on occasion. You can't come around when birthdays and holidays is there because now that they're older, they know like, yeah, I was come on say, now that's fake. And, it's like you haven't been around. So I can see had you been around throughout the years, you had some blocks right. to to go on. But if you just ain't been around, you can't just pop up with a, hey, hey how you doing? I no, <laughs> you got to come back and you can't come in on some vindictive stuff. You can't come back in on some, oh, well, it was so and so fault. Sometimes you got to just say, you know what? I could have done better. I want. I want moving forward. I want to make this better. Come and with the thing your head is, bowed, with your hands open. Yep. Like don't come with no excuses. No excuses. Because at the end of the day, don't nobody want to hear those excuses. People want to see action. So I mean, I challenge people to learn the people that you're you're with, and I think that kind of piggybacks on what we talked about last week in finding love after thirty. Because now that you're an adult. You got to start moving like an adult, which means you can't go from pillar to post. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like the old folks used to say, can't go from pillar to post. You know what I'm saying? You can't just jump in the bed with the cutest person. Nope. Now you got to start searching for substance. You know, you got to start looking beyond the looks, you know, because a cute face can bring you a, heart, a world full of pain. You know, so now it's time for you to really learn people. And I, and I wonder, like, is that gone? Because I like to go out. I like to hang out. And it don't always have to lead into a sexual escapade. But it's like, where do you find the comfort in letting people know that without trying to figure, you know, without trying to sound, you know, stuck up? Yeah. I would say, well, I think, like, you just made a, a great point. 
it, you find it in your maturity. And if somebody is not mature enough to be on that level, to be able to, you know, have a general conversation or, you know, it's funny, you go, you know, when you were younger, people go, oh, I can give you my number. Can we be friends? Right. You know, back then it's like, I don't need no friend. But right. Now, now at this I need age, a friend. I need I need you to I be need a friend. I need to phone a friend. Yeah. <laughs> but I need you to be a friend because I knew I really need to be able to talk to you to get yeah. to know you. Because and it's it's crazy. And I guess you know that's what we can impart to the younger generation is helping them learn to vet early. Yeah. Because I think with maturity and age, you do learn to vet, but you kind of got to know how to do it early, early on. on yeah. Because back when you're young, it's all then about the smile years. and. Yeah. The, and oh, he had a car, and he got some cute shoes. And he took me out. Yeah, to he eat. took me to eat. And it's like, and we have to do better with teaching them to vet people at a young age, so they're not waiting until they're in their thirties or forties and like, oh, I don't want to do that. No, how about we help them? Yeah, I yeah. mean, they gonna bump their head, but if at least you give them more tools in their toolbox, then yeah. they have a better way of going about it. But I think maturity—that's how you get that. Yeah. And in this age, if a man ain't mature enough to be able to hold a conversation that ain't got nothing to do with sex. Then we don't need to hold no conversation anyway, because you ain't you ain't there. That's true. You need to go talk to somebody. And I know me personally, belong. raising a daughter and being a a, a, a product of childhood, uh, I wouldn't even call it molestation, because I wasn't molested. I was raped. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things that I, I I say a lot is I don't trust I don't trust men who is ultra freaky. Mm -hmm. You know, like they just gotta have yeah. it any moment. They gotta have it, and it's, it triggers it, something. It, and it goes back to even us talking about this young girl Malia <laughs> and her being abused. I don't trust people who are 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 super open, not necessarily open with their sexuality, but super frisky. Because I feel like what happens when I don't want to give it to you? Yeah, yeah. Are you gonna try to take it from my kid? You know, and, and that's that's another mind game that you play when you you were once a victim yourself and you looking at it from a, a kid's point of view so i guess we close this this podcast out with with sending all the love and support to to malia's family um i pray that this young girl gets justice and i mean true justice i mean to where everybody that is involved in this plays that has played a hand in it has to even if it's only being forced to own up to their truth mm -hmm. and yeah and i'll just piggyback on that and say you know we also send prayers to all the children especially the recent ones that come up thanks to yes. uh, social media things pop up that you wouldn't have never heard of because your local news won't show so especially uh, the missing babies yeah so it's like to the missing babies to the babies who are being harmed to the babies who have lost their lives we send prayers to all of their families. And really, you know, like like we said, hopefully, if you listen to this, that you do really hear and feel and and take some time to speak with some youth who really need to know that you don't have to wait for you 30 to go, oh, I need to get it together. It's like, nope. we have to get these babies these tools. Now the world has changed. Their um, uh, access to things that we didn't learn until this age, now they have access to as children yeah so we have to do better with um with educating them and becoming a village yeah because like they say it takes a village right so um hook queen square gonna leave you off on that note tune in this week on wednesday we have a ultra spicy <laughs> fat cat combos for you 
But as always, please contact us on our social media platforms. Instagram, um, Hood Queens Square. Yeah, Hood Queen Square podcast. But Hood Queen Square, you type that in. It'll it'll get you there, uh, Instagram or Facebook. And then we also have our email address, hoodqueensquared at gmail. Please feel free to send us email with um, future topics that you would like us to talk about. Um, tell us how we doing. Yeah, please tell us how we doing. Because we want to improve if we're not doing the best that we can. And we want to give you guys what y'all want to hear. So please give us your feedback. We are open to um, all kinds of feedback, all types of feedback, whether it's uh, constructive or if it's positive. You know, we all feedback is welcome. So this is Tia. This is Rose. And we are out. Out.